Hey, my name is Brianna, and you're listening to the FCC Grayson Podcast. God is doing some incredible things here at First Church. To learn more about FCC and maybe plan your visit, head on over to FCCGrayson.com. We hope today's message gives you hope, inspires, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive into today's message. We are going to be in Acts chapter 3 today. If you want to go ahead and find that and uh, in your Bible or your cell phone, whatever you use these days, uh, that has changed, hasn't it? Uh, we all have our cell phone Bibles there. Before we get started, uh, some of you know that for 32 years I spent my life uh, making my living as a comedian. And I know you're expecting something up front. Uh, Most ministers get up here and they say something humorous. And so I will not disappoint you. I will attempt to say something now that is humorous, all right? I want to prepare you for it, okay? So you will know to laugh appropriately at the right. I don't want you to be the only one not laughing when everyone else is laughing, okay? Uh, so just uh, get over that if you don't mind a little bit. I, I, I like to laugh. How many believe that the Bible is true when it says the joy of the Lord is our strength? Anybody? How many? Good, good 20%. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, now, uh, how many of you uh, know that the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine? How about that? How about that? You know that laughter is good for the soul. You've read that one. You've read one of the 42 times in Scripture where it talks about laughter. Has anybody read any one of those verses at all? Okay, some of you have. So it's okay to laugh today. It's okay to enjoy, because when we open up the Word of God, it's a time of joy. It's a time that it creates for us the ability to go out and be more of what we should be and be better and be more like Jesus Christ. So that's what I want to see from us today, and I hope we'll learn that from the Scriptures we open that. But before we do, I've got to show you this. I might have showed it to you before. When was the last time I was here? How long ago was it? About four years ago. How many of you remember what I did, the, the stories I told four years ago. Anybody? Okay. I know one, one of the deacons asked me beforehand, he said, are you going to do the same jokes you did last time? And I said, what jokes did I do? And, and he said, I can't remember. So I said, no. And uh, so, <laughs> it, it, do you know what this is right here? It's a, it's a bell uh, with some Velcro on it. Does anybody know what it is? Tell me what it is. Shout it out. Nobody knows what it is? Come on, shout it. Shout it. Jingle bell, not a jingle bell. No, has anybody ever heard of a bear bell? Anybody heard of a bear bell before? Do you, do you know what a bear, do you guys have bear here? You, you don't use bells for them though. Okay, yeah, okay. Now, this, this is a bear bell. I found this out. I, I went to Yellowstone National Park. Have you ever been to Yellowstone before? It's a beautiful place. I, I went in there. I was uh, speaking out there. I had a day off and I go to Yellowstone and I go through the gate. They give you this nice big thick book when you come through that you're never going to read before you see the park. I went down to Old Faithful. Then I decided to walk out to these mud pots, these round puddles of water that the water trail from that puddle goes all the way down to the magma below the surface of the earth right there, and it keeps these puddles of water. Even in the middle of the winter, these puddles of water are 200 degrees on on the top. When when the rivers are frozen over, right there, 200 degrees right on top. I wanted to walk out and see those two while I was there. It's 1.2 miles down the trail. I'm a big guy. I can do that. I know the body is the temple. I'm not fat. I'm a mega church. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. And so... 1.2, 1.2, I can do that. I start down the trail, I get about halfway down the trail, and I get stopped by a game warden, a ranger, 
okay, who stops me for not having one of these right here. And, and he says, uh, sir, uh, where is your bear bell? I said, what? He said, a bear bell. And he showed me his right there, a little, little bell just like this and uh, with a little Velcro on it. You click it on. And so when you're walking down the trails there in Yellowstone, it goes jingle, jingle, jingle. He said, apparently it scares the bears, okay? Apparently bears are very frightened of bells, okay? Uh, which is why bears never have a good Christmas, okay? I guess, maybe that's what it is. And so uh, he said, you have to have a bear bell. I said, I'm so sorry, sir. I did not know that. He said, well... He said, uh, you should have known it. It's in the book that we gave you when you came in the, the front of the park. He said, it's on page 37, right at the bottom, in italics, right there. And I said, well, I did not get that far. I only got to page 36, to which he did not laugh at all, okay? Um, so I said, tell you what, officer. I said, I certainly want to follow the rules because that's important and I wouldn't want to be mauled by a bear. How about if I continue down the trail and I just go ding, 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 ding as I walk? I mean, shouldn't it be the same thing? If it's the bell sound, it's the bell sound. And he said, sir, are you trying to be smart with me? Now look at me. Smart has never been associated with me before, okay? So I said, no, sir, just trying to have a little fun with you. And anyway, long story short, he was offended by my conversation, got out his paperwork, and wrote me a ticket, a ticket, $29 for not having a bear bell, $29, and wouldn't let me continue down the trail, made me walk all the way back to the gift store, by the way, which was two and a half miles from there, through bear-infested woods, uh, you know, to buy a bell, a $10 bell. So now I have a $10 bell, $29 ticket, you know, so I have a $39 investment in a free national park. That's how they make their living right there, okay? In fact, the only bear that I saw the entire time I was there was at the gift shop, okay? When you walk in the gift shop, if you've been there, you remember when you walk in the gift shop, right there is this big, huge stuffed grizzly bear standing right there with bells in his mouth. So that ought to tell you something. It ain't working, okay? And so you walk in and there's the bear. So anyway, I get home. I've got my bell. I've got my pictures. And I, when I get home, when I've been on the road a while, we always have a nice dinner at my house. And we sit down and I ask each one of the kids. We have four kids. Uh, we have Chapman, Coleman, and the other two. Um, and I sit down, <laughs> and we eat together, and we laugh, and after we eat, I go around to each one, and I say, tell me about your week when I was gone. And they go down the list, and they tell me what they did at school, or uh, at, at home, or one of the clubs that they're involved in, or one of the groups that they're with, and I hear the stories. And then at the end, they always go, Daddy, what did you do when you were gone? And I pulled out the bell. And they looked at it, and they said, what's that? I said, well, you must live in Kentucky. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just made that up right there, because you didn't know what it was either. Okay. I, I said, it's a bear bell. And my youngest daughter, Kendall, goes, oh, a bear, Daddy. Bears are scary. I said, apparently they're very scary, and apparently they're very dangerous, because now at all the national parks out west, you have to have a bear bell. And my middle daughter, Kerrigan, goes, oh, Daddy, are a lot of people killed by bear? I said, I imagine so. you got to have this right here. Uh, I imagine so. And my youngest daughter said, how many people are killed by bear every year? Like, that makes a difference, right? You know, how many? I said, I don't know how many people are killed by bear, but obviously a lot if we have to have a bell. To which my son, who was 14 at the time, says, 
I know how many people are killed by bear. Um, you know, 14 years old, I have no idea how old Isaac was when Abraham took him up the mountain. <laughs> but if I were to venture a guess, it would be about 14. Are you with me, parents? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, you, you say, what do you base that on? I base that on Scripture. The Bible says that God tells Abraham, take your son up the mountain. The very next verse, in verse 23, it says, so Abraham arose early. He didn't wait at all, okay? At what point would you do that? When the kid's about 14, okay, right there. I said, no, you don't know how many people are killed by bear every year. He said, yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. He said, hey, Siri. My son believes that within the next 10 years, we'll never have to go to college. Why would we go to college when we can simply put everything, all the information of the world on our watch or a cell phone and simply ask it when we need it so we don't even have to remember it? That way you can remember important stuff like games. He goes, hey Siri, how many people are killed by bear every year? And a website pops up. So, so, so the information has gotta be true. A website pops up from the United States Forest Service. They have been keeping track of bear deaths in the United States since 1947, the inception of Zion National Park. I want to find out, you didn't know what a bear bell is, but I know you have bear here. You have black bear and brown bear, right? You say, I, I don't know if you have grizzly bear or anything like that, okay? Uh, but uh, how many people do you think are killed by bear every year? How many think, with the bell and all, how many think, you know, out west and all, how many think it's 25 or more? Wave at me, 25 or more, okay? How, how many think it's between 10 and 20? 10 to 24, that sounds a little better. How many think it's between five and nine? Ready? How many, five and nine? How many think it's between one and four? One, one and four, be, be honest with me, okay? You ready for this? I'm giving you the stats, okay? This is the truth, again, because it's on, on the web, so you know it's true, okay? Are you ready, folks? Every year in the United States of America, 0.7 people are killed by bear. 0.7 people, not even a whole person, okay? Just a very small person. A dwarf or a yard gnome. I don't know. But, uh, points, but yet we have to have a bell. How did they figure this out? I got to thinking, how did they figure this out? Did they do the math on it? Did they do the math and go, you know what? Never, never has a Salvation Army officer been killed by a bear. You know what I'm saying? We've never found a red kettle torn to shreds in the woods. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's my humor today. Everybody laugh, applaud, and we're done with that, and we'll move on. Okay, very good, very good. All right. Yeah, all right, that's, that's why. Anyway, Acts chapter 3. We have an interesting, interesting story. It's a good, it's a good one. Amen. I agree with you. Did you hear that hallelujah right there? Did you hear that? I, I heard it. it was hallelujah. I want to read to you the story, and then I want us to talk about the story for just a second. In Acts chapter 3, now Peter and John were going up into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the door of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked to receive an alms? And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. 
And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, that I give to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And leaping, he stood and began to walk, and he entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and leaping and praising God, and they took knowledge of him that it was the same one that sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Let's pray. Father, I will do my best to keep them awake. I ask that your spirit would be free to speak to them in a way that is far deeper than I could ever speak. For if that happens, then we have been successful today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, first we got Peter and John. They're going up to the temple. Notice it says it's the ninth hour, which is the appropriate time to pray. Okay, I know some of you guys are going, man, we go to church all the time. Can you imagine living in an era in which every single day at the ninth hour, everybody just said, oh, look, it's the ninth hour. Put your, your tools down. Let's all go down to the nearest temple and pray. When you see those stories of things that are happening in the Middle East now, and you see those mostly now within the Muslim communities, but you see that happening. They have the prayer call, right? You've seen that before. Anybody seen that? Not at me? Okay. And everybody goes to pray, and they pray outside. This was the custom back then for God's people, the Jews at this time, the Hebrew people, and those who had converted to uh, that particular religion. And we've got Peter and John, okay? Now, this is after Christ had already ascended, already gone back home, all right? And it says, and there was a certain man, and it was lame from his mother's womb, okay? So how long was this kid lame? So life. You know, last time I was here, I make notes. Last time I was here, I preached out of Mark chapter 2, and we looked at the paralyzed man who was transformed. Some, I'm sure you remember that sermon. Okay. We looked at this paralyzed guy who, who was there, and he's getting ready to be brought through the roof, okay? And so that was my talk then. What we have here is we have another situation where another person is in great need, and he's been in great need for a long time. Now look at this. And it says he was laid daily at the temple, which was called beautiful. Um, how many of you think this church is beautiful? I think it's pretty nice. I come in here, I'll tell you, it's pretty fancy. I've been in a lot of churches that were grocery stores. Uh, I've been in a lot of churches in the Dominican Republic that were barely even that. I mean, th this is a pretty, pretty fancy spot you got going here, Pastor. What's this stuff down here? This, the carpet, is that what they call it? Yeah. Man, pretty good. Look at those pews. Th those are the nice ones, too. I don't like the ones that are individually wrapped. You know what I'm talking, that flip down? First of all, they're like movie theater, and I grew up, you didn't go to a movie theater if you were Christian. Okay, that, that's how I grew up. I'm just saying, I'm not saying, whatever you do is fine. But I like these two because you can lay down on them if you get tired. It's hard to lay down on the ones with the arms. 
little lumpy. It's like sleeping on a convertible couch. They had a beautiful place. They had a beautiful temple. You have a beautiful temple. And it said that this fellow was placed there daily. Doesn't it say, look there. Look what it says in verse 2 and verse 3. Doesn't it say he was laid there daily? So every day they brought him. Why? Because every day people would come there to pray. Now you have to understand, why were they laying him outside? Why were they laying him at the gate? Because their theology that went back to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 17, uh, uh, Leviticus 27, or I think I reversed that, uh, told them that if you're lame, you can't come into the church. If you're lame, you can't come. If, you, if you're lame, you're defiled, you can't come in. In fact, just so you will know, for some of you guys out there, uh, if you shave your head, you can't come in either. If you've got a skin blemish, if you've got psoriasis or exorcism, not exorcism, uh, uh, eczema. I've always felt it was really bad to shout out, we want a pitcher, not a belly itcher, because what if the pitcher has eczema? Okay, note to self, no jokes this morning. But you have to remember, at that time, there would have been a lot of reasons why maybe you today, right here, would not have been allowed in. I grew up in a church where they would stop a woman at the door who wasn't wearing a dress. We deal with that in the Dominican Republic. We deal with churches who will not allow somebody in with a tattoo. Get this, you walk in with the tattoo, as a visitor, you walk in with a tattoo, they will run up with duct tape and slap it over. How'd you like that? That's a great way to make visitors feel welcome, isn't it? <laughs> so good to see you. You mind putting this duct tape on? Um, do, do I see earrings on some of you ladies? Oh, you wouldn't have been allowed in. Oh, I forgot, you wouldn't have been allowed in anyway because you're a woman. Now, when I think about this and I think how different it is today, or is it? Is it really that different today? Or is it a different set of restrictions that keep people from coming into the beautiful temple through the beautiful gate? I mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. You notice that I'm wearing jeans today. I'm okay. Ben is wearing them too, okay? But you have to remember, I grew up in a day in which you wouldn't have worn jeans into the church. Has anybody else grown up, grew up in that day? Anybody else? Okay, so you remember this, okay? And, and we'd get up here and we'd preach this same message, the same message. I heard ministers preach this message all my life, and, but yet if somebody came in with jeans on, we used to call them dungarees. How many remember when they were called dungarees right there? Look, at that man's wearing dungarees. It just sounds so bad when you say dungarees, right? You go, ooh, he's got Levi's. Yeah, he's got dungarees. Ooh. Sounds like something you could catch from somebody. Better, better put a face mask on before you catch dungaree. But now if you'd really read back in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, you'd find out the truth of the matter was that really in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, they would have told you that wearing polyester and rayon would have been bad. 
if you'd have read it, because back there you were told not to mix your fabrics. They had it down to a mixed fabric. So what is a mixed fabric? If you had a fabric that stretched and was comfortable, that's bad. But I wonder how we today have created walls for those outside of the church. Maybe it's through our, uh, sometimes it's through our bumper stickers. Sometimes it's the way we uh, cross lines and alienate people by our statements. Sometimes it's the way that we, um, we create an idea or a thought in people's minds that says, we don't want you here. Then I've always wanted to do this. I didn't do it today, obviously. But I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to come early to a church and dress up in the worst thing that I could possibly find, just smelly and dirty, and stand outside with a cane and a card that said, please help, and just see how people would respond. But I know that one day, I remember I took a group of kids from an inner city street ministry, and we walked into a youth event, Brooke. You would think youth events would be over it. This was back in the days of Kurt Cobain. Does anybody remember Kurt? Remember that whole goth period when everybody was wearing black trench coats and looked like they'd been shipwrecked on an island or swallowed by a whale for about three days? You know what I'm talking about. And I picked him up, and we took all these kids up to this big youth event. And it was an expensive one, too. Had to pay $40 a piece for each one of those kids. And I'll tell you what, they were piling out of the vans over here, and some of them had to get out quick because, man, they wanted to take a drag first. You know what I'm saying? These, these are street kids, okay? They made good deacons. Whoops, wrong thing to say. Okay, another pastoral joke right there, all right. <laughs> okay. Hey, work with me. Let, let's just keep it honest today, okay? Let's just keep it honest. All right? And all of a sudden, I'm looking over here at the door, and people at security are starting to scramble. And we start walking for that door. And literally, we're stopped at the door by three security guard and two youth pastors. What are you doing here? That wasn't that long ago, Brooke. I said, hello, I'm Mike Williams. These are some kids from the inner city of my town. And by the way, I'm your speaker. <gasps> oh, well, welcome, come on in. So somehow, because I'm your speaker, oh, it's all good now. But we were stopped. We do things now, we stop people at the door. Sometimes, you know, I, I don't have, no offense if you have this, I'm, I'm careful about how I put Christian sayings on the back of my car. 
because I want to be sure that those Christian sayings don't set me up in some way to say, I'm better than you. I want to make sure that, that this beautiful place that we have is a place that is welcome for the broken. Because if you go back to the Old Testament and you go back to the rules as they really were, if things are like that, then none of us deserve to be here. None of us. But for those of us who are here, how are we going to make those who aren't here feel welcome? How are we going to help them understand that this thing called faith is one beggar telling another beggar where they can find bread. That's what it's about. I don't come in here today because I'm good. I come in here today because I need the communion with God through Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That's why I enter this place. How can we do this? The story goes on. I don't want to go too long today. I know some of you need to get home, take medication. Uh, and so the young man, he's laid by the gate, and it says in verse 3, who's seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple? Asked an alm, help me. God bless, help me. They've all learned to put God bless on the sign. It kind of gives a little conviction to the Christian people. Let me tell you this. This year, uh, down in Florida where I live, we've had this thing called COVID. I don't know if you've had it here. Wow, this is the toughest room I've ever worked on a Sunday morning in my life. In my life, okay. Y'all been, been affected by it. I haven't been able to spend half the year in the Dominican, which is normal for me. And so you say, well, Mike, what did you do? Did you take a nap? No, I've been volunteering at our local rescue mission. I've learned a lot about that kind of work. Working with guys who walk through the door smelly and have been out all day. And, and they've taught me the tricks. They've said, oh, if you really want to make money out there, you put God bless you because that'll make the Christians feel guilty for not giving you. I'm going to tell you right now, this message is not about you giving money to people who are holding signs. In fact, I'm going to tell you something really honest. Most of the time when we give money to people holding signs on the street, we're doing them a greater disservice because we're empowering their drug addiction. Okay? I'm just going to tell you right now. If God tells you to do it, do it. But don't do it out of some sign of self-imposed guilt. Okay, because most of the time when you give them money, you're just empowering them to get just what they need so that they can get more drugs. Okay, follow along. We're going to see what the, what the fix could possibly be here, at least according to Peter and John. And the young man says, gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. It's dangerous to lift the hopes of the downtrodden. But these guys dared to say this. Look at this. Look on us, verse 4. Look at us. Hey! Hey, person who is in need, pay attention to me. I don't know about you, but sometimes when them Girl Scouts are outside of Walmart selling them cookies, I avoid them. Does anybody else do this? You know what I'm saying? Because they're relentless, too. I'll tell you, they jump out there in their little outfits, and they smile, and you just want to slap them. And they'll go away. Look at me. Do I need cookies? <laughs> if I was a drug addict, would you go, here, have some meth? Look at me. Look at me. You don't stand in front of me with cookies. So I'll pace myself. Kids with me, they know the trill. We're coming out. I see, I see them out there. They got four or five of them lined up ready to pounce on you right there. And so I'll go, now wait, kids, wait. 
What are we doing? Just shut up and wait. And I wait until five other people go out there and they jump on them. And then I go around the side. Does anybody else do that right there? Okay. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Because, that, oh, they make some cookies that'll just, they're, they're bad for you. They're bad on you. Bad on you. They've been bad on me. And I did not realize when COVID-19 started that the number 19 meant the amount of pounds I would gain last year. Okay, let me just say that. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. That's a great old country and bluegrass song right there. Silver and gold have I none. Remember that, brother? Said Peter to the man that day, daily. Well, I won't say. It would be better if you guys did it. Folks, Peter and John says, we don't have what you're asking for. We, we, we don't have what you think you need. But, <laughs> but such as I have, It had just been days earlier, they were in an upper room. <laughs> but such as I have, it had been just days earlier that they were walking on the shore with Jesus. But such as I have, it has just been a few days before that he had appeared to them in a room and, and they touched him and they said, we, we know he's alive. But such as I have, Give I to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now look at this. Look at this. Verse 7. Look at, look at this. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Maybe that's one of the places we're failing. And I think sometimes, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, brother, to step out on that kind of faith. God bless you. See somebody in need. God be with you. Blessings. That's always a happy one. It just sounds so nice. Isn't it? Blessings. Got a little smile, little brackets around it. Have a good day. God be with you. Peter and John believed so much that they said, we don't have what you're asking for, but what we do have, give me a hand. You can use the prayer in a minute. Give me your hand. All right. And it says they lifted him to his feet. Now, here in the story, if the story is recorded right, and I believe it is, how many of you believe the Bible is true, cover to cover? All right, good, good. The young man is changed after Peter raises him to his feet. He, Peter had to invest. You see what I'm saying? Peter had to invest something in. Sit back down a second. Peter, Peter could have said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I guess it wasn't for you today. Hey, we'll see you next week. I know you're always here. <laughs> Catch you next time through. Here's a quarter. In fact, here's a track. This is by Billy Graham. It's a really good one. No. 
Let me modernize it. What you may be asking for on the street is not what you need. What you need is to have Jesus Christ living in your heart. You need to confess your sins. You need to ask him to heal you on the inside. You need to demonstrate that in those waters. And then we need to walk together in newness of life. Come on, 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 come on. Let's go, let's go. You ready? Okay, this is what it is now. This is for us today what we're doing. I, I know we're not six foot apart. Just pretend we are. It's an imaginary wall right there. <laughs> Come on, look at this group. They're so close together. Dr. Fauci would hear, was here. He'd give everybody a fine. Tough room. This is the toughest room I've ever worked. What are we doing today? You're, you're, thank you, brothers. Thank you. What, what's your name? Caleb. Caleb. Good to see you, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for hey. Give, give Caleb a hand. That's very good. Carter County Cares. Is that what it is? No. Help, help me. Help me, Brooke. Empower, empower Carter County. Reverend, I've called you by every ministerial name so far. Priest, <laughs> Pope, <laughs> Bishop, Bishop. I wouldn't want to be a bishop because you can only move diagonally. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Who knew it was the chest jokes? If you, you set me up. You handed it to me. They won't do it for me. Uh, isn't that wild? It, absolutely crazy. Now I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> I, got, I got to wrap this up. We got to go home. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I've had people say to me this. Mike, in 2021, who is doing more to reach the world and to transform the world? The Christian church? And by that I mean, of course, here, but also the, the greater. You understand what I'm saying. Okay, the liberals. Okay. Or the world. Let me put it down this way. Who's impacting more people? Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, or us? Well, they've got money. We've got it too. But what are we doing with it? The church grew the greatest back in the book of Acts, right? Before they had a Bible to study. Ouch. The synagogue had a scroll, but they, they didn't have those. They overcame by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. They knew very little about the theology. Even the disciples knew very little about past theology. But they knew this. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lame. but I used to lay out in front of the temple, but now I can walk. I, 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 was, I, I was paralyzed. I was paralyzed and some people cut a hole in the roof and, and I was transformed. Well, what about this theology and that theology and this belief? I don't know. I don't know if he's good or bad. I only know 
that I'm not the person I used to be. Church, my call to you today is to do whatever it takes to be Jesus outside of the beautiful gates. To not be so beautiful that we're too beautiful to reach the lowest. To not be so perfect that we're too perfect to touch the unclean thing. I remember when every hospital used to have a church name on it. Do you remember that? It's always Baptist Hospital, Methodist Hospital, this, that. Uh, you know, in, right over there in your neck of the woods, uh, uh, the Salvation Army, the, the guy, the general. Thanks for not remembering with me. <laughs> Good to be with people my age, isn't it? <laughs> Booth. General Booth Hospital. Now it's been taken over. Now we have religious names on them, but now the hospitals are associated with uh, greed and ripping you off, right? Oh, but they kept the religious names on them. Thank you. The church has grown the most when we, the church, have reached out to the lostness of mankind and did what it took to bring them in. There we go. Let's wrap it up. Immediately received strength. And leaping up, he stood and walked and entered into the temple. That must have been quite a day for him to get to see what was on the inside. I wonder how many people in Grayson drive past these places and wonder what it looks like inside. Oh, they might have been in here for a wedding. You're right. Verse 10. And the people on the inside knew that it was the one who sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. Our minister today is going to come and close with an invitation. But as he does, and I'm going I'm to give you a short update on the mission in just a second, but as he closes with the invitation, my request to you is that you make a choice to do everything you possibly can to bring one into the beautiful gate, into the temple, into the family, into the ecclesia. The Greek word ecclesia means place where we come together for a common mission, not a building. We are here today to strategize in mission. And the only reason we ever have to have a Bible study is so that we can take it outside. We are not studying for a cosmic jeopardy where Alex Trebek will pop up and you'll say, I'll take religion for 2,000. That's not the way it works. So today, I would hope that you would choose in your heart to say this week, I'm going to find one person to move beyond God bless you to reach a, your hand and say, how can I pray for you? How can I help you see your life changed?